Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We want to read today our foundational text for uh, the topic that we've been teaching on. I've been teaching on now for several weeks. And it says in verse number two, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, we've gone over the fact that there are different kinds of prosperity. He mentions spiritual prosperity. He mentions physical prosperity, uh, health, and so forth. But then he talks about material prosperity. And, and this word prosper uh, uh, as it's used in the Bible, it's used in reference to material prosperity. And of course, we know the word prosper in English uh, can mean a number of things, but its primary meaning, if you look it up, its number one meaning is financial, business, success, in other words, material prosperity. And so we have established clearly that it is God's will that we prosper. God... <clears throat> wants to prosper us. God has, now, like I mentioned last week, many Christians cannot really see themselves as prosperous as God wants them to see themselves. Too many Christians have a, a view of life and of their status in life where they see themselves on one level and maybe it's because of their history, their family history, uh, maybe their educational status or whatever it might be. They see themselves in life at one status and they never see themselves really breaking out of that uh, uh, level financially into another level. A lot of people are, because they cannot see more than they should see, they, they cannot see more than they do see, they accept where they are. And they develop this attitude that, well, you know, uh, I, I shouldn't uh, uh, aspire for more because it's, it's more godly of me to ma maintain my humility and just accept my status in life. Well, the Bible doesn't, the Bible teaches humility, but it never teaches us to accept less than what he's provided for us. Amen. God has given us his word to straighten our thinking out. Because before somebody can really prosper the way God wants them to prosper, they have to think right. God's given us his word to get our thinking straightened out. And if we get our thinking straightened out, then our believing will be right. And when our believing is right, then our speaking will be right and our actions will be right. Now, uh, in order for us to have our thinking straightened out, we must clearly see what the Bible says. Now, this scripture we just read tells us that it is God's will that we prosper in all things. Now, what does that mean? And again, these are scriptures we've looked at, but just to hit the highlights again, go back to Philippians chapter 4. We read this last week and went into some detail in it. We won't go into all that detail today, but Ephesians, or Philippians chapter 4, verse number 18, 
Paul is referring to an offering that he had received from the people, from the church there at Philippi. The people of Philippi had gathered together an offering and sent it to the apostle. In verse number 18, he said, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean he ate a a big meal that afternoon and he was full? No, he's talking about he received this offering from them and so that he was full financially. He said, I have all and abound. I am full. Having received from Epaphroditus the the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We pointed out last week that the words shall supply translate the same verb that's translated I am full in verse number 18. So what does it mean when he says my God shall supply all your your need? It means that my God shall fill you up. He shall supply all your need. He shall fully supply your need. He shall cause you to abound, just like the apostle said in verse number 18. He said, I have, I, 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 I'm full, I have everything, I abound. That's what it means when it says, my God shall supply. The Amplified Translation, I think, says, my God shall liberally supply, fill your need to the full, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, we can see there that God wants us to prosper and that he has provided prosperity for us. Notice, and I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but that's okay. Notice he said, my God shall supply all your need, but he said it after acknowledging that they had supplied his need. In other words, after they had given this offering, He said, my God will supply or fill to the full your every need. And so I will talk about this a little more in just a few minutes, but prosperity is directly tied to giving. Let's go on then to another verse that we've looked at, and that's in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Verse number eight, of course, you know this is one of my favorite verses. 2 Corinthians 9 Verse number eight, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now we know because when I used to do the offering, I would quote this this verse from the Amplified Translation every single Sunday. And, And I don't know if you grew tired of it, but I never did. The Amplified Translation says, and my God, let me find the verse, God will, God is able, excuse me, (laughs) to make all grace, thank you, every favor and earthly blessing. I'm I'm okay now, sweetheart. (laughs) She had to prime the pump there a little bit. God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, requiring enough to 
to, to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, as I've said many times over the years, when the Apostle Paul said God is able to do this, he wasn't teasing. He wasn't dangling a carrot out there saying, now this is what God can do, and then, and then pulling it back. When he said God is able to do this, this was clearly intended to, to show us what he will do. He's able to do it, but he will do it if we'll obey his word. Listen, do not, do not believe the voices today that will say, no matter what you do, God will always bless you. That God blesses his children and all of his blessings are free and abundant and nothing you can do can affect anything that God has promised you. That is not true. Obedience. I, I believe, Brother Steve here, I believe in, in the interpretation of tongues that he gave this morning, if I'm, if I'm correct, talked about obeying and acting on the word of God. God blesses obedience. That's why he said God is able to do this, but he's able to do this as we do our part. Amen. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now, what, what is our part? Well, if you go back up to verse number six, it tells us, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He goes on to say, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to cause every favor and earthly blessing to come to you in abundance. Well, what deter- if he's able, what determines if it happens or not? Our giving. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Prosperity is directly tied to our giving. Our prosperity is proportional. The blessing of God in this realm is proportional to our giving. Is anybody, does anybody here this morning have the Message Bible translation of that? Maybe on a tablet or something. Kendra, can, can you read that? I don't think everybody can hear you. For verse number. Yeah, verse number six and seven. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give that will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. Amen. Amen. He said a stingy sower or planter, is that how he said it? A stingy planter is going to produce a stingy crop. A lavish planter is going to produce a lavish crop. Another translation said, if you sow a little seed, you're going to have a little crop. If you sow a lot of seed, you're going to have a large crop. Well, you know, that just makes sense. 
People need to understand that God means what he says. And if we will obey his word, we will reap the benefits of obeying his word. If you will, listen church, if you will do these three things, if you will give generously, because it talks about a generous giver, he who sows generously will reap generously. If you will give generously, and that means tithes and offerings. Tithes, of course, are those, uh, is 10% of your income that you bring into the storehouse. And then in addition to tithing is offerings. A lot of the offerings involve giving to the church, giving to special needs or programs the church has going on, giving to ministers that come here to minister, giving to missionaries that, that uh, 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 represent us around the world that we support, giving to uh, any type of ministry even outside the church. Offerings covers all of that. Offerings also cover giving to other people in need. Just when you know someone has, has a need and the Spirit of God prompts you to give to them. Listen, I give to people quite often that I don't know. I just, I just obey the Holy Ghost. But I don't give to people who demonstrate need unless the Holy Spirit prompts me to give to them. Well, number one, you couldn't just give to everybody that has a need. Number two, I know that a lot of people are in need because of disobedience. I know a lot of people are in need because of wrong uh, actions and so forth. And, and if I gave them, they would just squander that. God doesn't reward disobedience. God is merciful, however. And so I know when the Spirit of God prompts me to give to somebody, I really don't need to know anything about their situation. I don't need to question them to find out, are you working, you know, are you doing this, are you doing that? Because if the Holy Spirit prompts me to give to somebody, even if that person might not by their actions deserve it, if God is merciful toward them and he prompts me to give to them, I'm going to give to them. But, but the point is, we give offerings in the church. We also can give offerings outside the church. We give to other missionaries, other ministers, traveling ministers. But we also can give to people who have need. In fact, you're reading, uh, those of you who are reading through the Bible with us, you know, you're reading through Proverbs. It talks about he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay him. So that's a, a very legitimate uh, aspect of giving. So number one, give generously. Uh, notice he says in, in verse number seven here, give, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Some people say, well, you know, I, I purpose in my heart to just do a little bit. Well, uh, the purpose in your heart here has to do with offerings. It doesn't have to do with tithing because God already instructs us about tithing and we'll look at that. So that's not, that's not in question here. We tithe and then in addition to tithe, we give as each one gives as he purposes in his heart. Notice it says not grudgingly or of necessity. I think the, the original Greek there says not giving with sorrow, not giving sorrowfully. The Amplified Translation says, not giving reluctantly. I, I say it like this, don't just give religiously. Don't just give because it's something that 
uh, you're expected to do and you really don't want to give, but you feel like you have to give or you're disobeying God, that's the wrong motive in giving. If you, if you cannot give cheerfully and enthusiastically, it really will not do you any good to give. You say, what are you telling me not to give? I'm telling you, if you, if you, if you, if you do not, if you are not a giver, a, a, an enthusiastic, cheerful giver, and you do not give generously, as I've said before, generously is, is uh, each one of us in our circumstances defines what is generous. What is generous for one person might not be generous for another person and, and, and vice versa. But if you, if you do not give willfully and generously with a glad heart, you will not reap the return. And there are people sitting in churches all over the nation and all over the world that have been taught to give all their lives and they do it obediently, but they don't do it with a glad and cheerful heart. He said, God loves a cheerful giver, not a passive giver. See, a lot of, a lot of people just give passively. They don't really, they're not really excited about it. They're, 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 they're just something they feel, feel like they have to do. He goes on to say, don't give by, compul- by compulsion. Don't give out of necessity. The uh, Message Bible says this avoids arm twisting. Sob stories and arm twisting. Well, we've all probably been in services where someone tried to twist our arm where giving was concerned. I know I have. And it's not pleasant. And uh, that's why I don't allow people in my church, uh, traveling ministers and so forth, to come in and, and, and pull those kinds of things. I just won't allow it because I've, I've found out that people will respond. If you twist the arm hard enough, people will respond. But then when the minister leaves, I'm left with the problems because then that person regrets that they gave it and they feel like they've been abused and, and, and uh, taken advantage of and then I'm, I'm on the hook because I brought him here. So I don't allow that. So you should never give out of a sense of, of, of begrudging obligation. But on the other hand, don't give just religiously and passively just thinking, well, you know, this is just what I do. I give, I'm not mad about it, but I'm not excited. No, get glad about it. God loves a cheerful giver. Notice right after he said that, and God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Who's he talking about? The cheerful giver. If God is able to make all, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance, if he's able to do it, and just before he said that, he said he loves a cheerful giver, don't you think it's the cheerful giver that he's going to respond to? What I'm saying is, if you've been giving for a long time, but you never really think much about it, you never really uh, pray over it, you, you just write your check every Sunday... You know, now, disclosure here. I'm the pastor of the church. It is my responsibility to lead the church financially. It's my responsibility to raise funds. 
I, I mean, it's my job to see that the bills get paid, that the salaries of the staff get paid, that, that, that all of the operational expenses, it's my job to see that the money comes in. Now, I, I know that, that I'm trusting God, but I'm just saying as the pastor, it is my job. You know, even the Apostle Paul in Philippians there in, in chapter 4, where he talked about receiving this gift, he said, not that I speak in, in, in terms of the gift, but I, I'm talking about fruit that will abound to your account. But how many of you know he still enjoyed the, the offering? There's no way he could not have enjoyed the offering. He said, I abound, I have everything, I'm full. That wasn't a, a limitation. He, he, was, he had a, I'm sure he had a pleasant expression on, him, on his face when he penned those words. So he, he, he understood the blessing, but he also understood the responsibility. And, and, he, and he said, I'm not just talking about getting something. I'm talking about something that will cause you to be blessed. Well, as the pastor of the church, yes, I am responsible for teaching you giving so that the church can be properly funded. But just like the Apostle Paul, that's not my only motivation. My motivation is also to see you blessed. You know, a person can do both. And, And what I'm saying is a lot of people have given for a long, long time, but they never really pay much attention to it. They just write their check out on every, dutifully, Every week, you know, or every bi-week, you know, whenever they're paid, they bring their tithes, they bring offerings, but they don't do it with any sense of rejoicing, uh, not just rejoicing in the blessing of God. He's talking about rejoicing in the blessing of giving. It's one thing to rejoice over God's blessing. It's another thing to rejoice over the privilege of giving. My wife and I, every Sunday, because we get paid every week, every Sunday, my wife and I join hands in the, either at home or usually in my office or her office before we come out to service, and we give thanks for God's blessing. And, and it, one of the frequent things I say in prayer says, it's such a joy to be able to give. Thank you for the opportunity of giving. Because we give cheerfully. It matters. It means everything what your motivation is and what your attitude is in giving. That's why he said, do not give reluctantly. Don't give sorrowfully. Don't give out of compulsion. Give cheerfully. So if you will do that, if you will give generously, tithes, of course, is the beginning, and then offerings, Give with the right motive, not not religiously or reluctantly and so forth, and give in faith. If you'll do that, you will prosper. You will. If you'll consistently do this, you will prosper. Now, you will prosper by the blessing of God. Now, you can prosper... There are ways to prosper outside of the direct blessing of God. And I'm not even talking, I'm not talking about robbing banks. You know, I'm not talking about doing something dishonest. You can work hard, apply yourself, uh, and you can prosper. 
And the Bible teaches a strong work ethic. The Bible teaches diligence and so forth. That's part of of. Uh, of obeying God and 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 the diligent you know uh, hand will 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 uh, uh, will not be slack. The diligent hand will be blessed. The Bible says so. You can do things just in the natural that can cause you to be blessed, but if you're not a giver, according to the Word of God, if you're if you're not obedient with with giving and with a glad and faithful heart. Even though you may prosper at one level, level, you will never prosper the way God wants you to prosper. And frankly, I see people a lot of times that are doing okay. They're doing okay. They don't tithe. They don't give offerings. They don't participate in, in funding the gospel. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about church members. And they do okay. But... They don't really get involved in sowing and reaping. They don't really get involved in giving, so they're not planting any seed. They are prospering by the sweat of their brow, and and we are supposed to be engaged, and we are supposed to work hard. That's not wrong, but they're prospering. They're at the maximum. They're doing all they can, and I'm thinking, if that person only understood where they could be, if they took just just started with just ten percent of what they get of what they receive and give that to God and do that joyfully, if they could get a, see the problem is people don't have a revelation of it. People who don't tithe and don't give offerings. If you're in this situation today and you don't do that, it's because you don't see what I see. Well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to see that. No, I'm talking about what my wife and I do personally. We see this from the word of God and God blesses us because we, because we have an understanding that it's his will for us to give and we, we expect him to bless us and he does that. And, and, and like I said, there are folks that, that don't give and the reason they don't is they, they can't see how they can come off that 10%. I just don't see how I can come off of that. You know, you've got a level of prosperity and a level of, of, of uh, abundance in your life that's pretty good. And if, I, and if I give God 10% right off the top, I just don't know that I can make it. Listen, if you can't make it on 90, you can't make it on 100. And compared with where you could be, you're not making it. You think you're making it. You might have a decent income, but I'm telling you, your income could be so much more and God wants it to be more. And, but he, the reason he wants you to have more is he wants you to be free from that fear. That's the driving force behind people that don't give. They're fearful. Well, if I give this, what am I gonna do? That's the essence of faith. Obey God Trust him and believe that he loves you and wants you to have the best. Jesus said, how much more will your father give good things to those that ask him? Will your father not much more clothe, feed, 
take care of you, provide for you. He said, all the things the Gentiles seek after. He said, your father knows you need all those things. He will abundantly supply those things. He wants to bless you, but he wants you free from that fear, the fear of money, the fear of not having enough. Oh, hallelujah. If you'll do this, you will be blessed. Back over to chapter nine again. Hallelujah. Verse number 10, now he, may he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched. I pointed out that this word that's translated enriched simply means to make wealthy. If you look, look it up in a Greek concordance, this Greek word says to make wealthy. While you are made wealthy in everything for all liberality or generosity, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are made wealthy in everything so that you can be generous. Listen. Generosity starts in the heart. I said generosity starts in the heart. And if you have a generous heart, you will begin to give. A a generous offering is one that kind of opens your eyes a little bit. When the Holy Spirit prompts you to give something, uh, a generous offering is something that that makes your wife go, really? Really? (laughs) okay, we've had that conversation a few times. Same thing. She's come to me and she said, I think we ought to do such and such. And and I've said, really? Hmm, okay. I trust you. You know, we don't don't always have to get the revelation from the Holy Spirit uh, together. I trust her. And if she says the Lord said, do it, and the Holy Spirit would prompt me if if we weren't supposed to. But I, don't nece- I, don't, I didn't necessarily get that word from the Lord. I, I didn't really get that impression to give. She, gave, she got it. Well, I, I said, let's do it. Gen- like I said, generosity is, is something that causes you to kind of take a double take. Are you, I, we've said this more times than once. Are you sure, Lord? Like, you know, he didn't know, really know what he was talking about. Are you sure, Lord? Generosity begins with the heart but he wants you to give so that he can give back to you and make you truly wealthy. Does God want you wealthy? Every single one of you, God wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to be wealthy. I've, I've described this verse 10 as God, God's seed and feed program. This is his seed and feed program. He gives you seed. Notice the seed comes before the feed. The seed comes before the feed. God gives us seed first. That's that principle of the tithe, the first 10%. The very first thing that comes into your hands, if you're a a faithful Bible believer, you recognize that that whatever comes into your hand, the first 10%, not the last, 
not after all the other bills are paid, but right off the top, that first 10%, that's my seed. And then as the Spirit of God prompts me, I add other seed to that. And I add more seed. And the more the Holy Spirit leads me, he, he never, the Holy Spirit has never led me into bondage where my giving is concerned. He's always led me into liberty. But as the Spirit of God guides me and prompts me to give more seed, I just know that I'm just increasing my harvest. I'm just making a bigger harvest for myself. Glory to God. Now, it's, an, it's, a, it's a step of faith because a lot of times you look and you think, boy, I had other plans. I, you know, I've been saving this money and, and, and I had some plans and the Holy Spirit said, take a portion of this and, and give it in an offering to brother so-and-so preaching or, you know, listen, every time there's an opportunity, uh, be, be listening to the Holy Spirit because he's setting you up. He's prompting you to seed so that you can be fed. Amen. The, the seed comes first and then the feed. And he said he will, he will supply and then multiply the seed you have sown. God cannot multiply seed that's not sown. Seed, if you're a, if you're a farmer, if the seed is in the barn, it's not going to produce a crop. If you take the seed and cook it up at dinner time and eat it, you know, you're, you're not going to receive a crop off of that. Amen. You will prosper. You will supernaturally prosper if you will obey these scriptures. If you do not tithe or give offerings, cheerfully and generously, you will greatly hinder your prosperity and blessing of God. You will greatly hinder it. You might work hard and save and put together a decent life, but I'm telling you, you will miss out on what God really has for you. You, 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 there's not a person in this room who doesn't want more. If you're honest, there's not a person in this room who doesn't want more because there's always more we could do. Isn't that right? There's always greater things we could be involved in, greater things that we could uh, help and, and just more that we could do for, for God if we had more. Everybody wants more. The key to more is taking what you have and giving with a glad heart. Are you getting this this morning? It's a glad heart. It's a cheerful heart. I think the, the uh, Amplified says a prompt to do it giver. Do you know what that means? Prompt to do it. When the Holy Spirit, get, you might swallow hard. Okay, God. But once you kind of get over that, you're saying, yes, glory to God. I'm going to do this. I'm, oh, I'm expecting God to really bless me. Oh, hallelujah. He'll do it too. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's the truth. It's the truth. Glory to God. Well, let's stand up. Thank God for the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many cheerful givers do we have this morning? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God loves it when his people are cheerful in what they do. Glad, prompt to do it. Oh, hallelujah. I want him, I want him to, to, to respond to me.
I expect every favor and earthly blessing to come my way. I expect it in abundance so that no matter what the situation, no matter what the economy, see, when you're you're in partnership with God in your giving, the economy, you're interested in the economy, but you know that the economy cannot control your blessing. Who's in the White House cannot control your blessing. Amen. You do know this, that in every economy, no matter, even during times of depression, people, there are people who rise to the top. There are people who prosper. We're living in a, in a, in a day where we're, we're coming to the close of the church age. And there are a lot of things God wants to do in and through the church and he's going to need a church that is completely in in partnership with him financially glory to God and when other people are struggling and the economy is bad if you're faithful and a cheerful prompt to do it giver God will protect the source of your income He'll protect the source of your income. He will will move heaven and earth to provide for you when he knows that you are a glad participant in his financial plan. It's all a matter of faith in God. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. We thank you, Father, for the truth of tithes and offerings and giving. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray, Lord, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Father, that all through our congregation, folks would, would, who perhaps have not seen it as clearly as they could have. Father, that you will open their eyes and cause them to see that you have so much blessing prepared for them. If they'll just step out in simple faith and participate in your plan. Glory to God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for those who have been faithful. I, I, I pray, Father, for abundance to come into the lives of every giver in this place. Father, that your ministering spirits will go out and cause increase and abundance to come in every realm of their lives, Father, including finances. Glory to God. Father, that that we as a congregation will prosper. That the members of our church will prosper. Father, that, that we will be able to be examples to others of what the goodness of God is, the mercy of God, the provision of God, the blessing of God. Father, that, 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 that we will be of reputation of a, uh, as a people that are blessed of the Lord. And when people come to us, we can point them to the the source of our blessing, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Father, you said that you gave us the ability to get wealth, that you might establish your covenant. And there's so much involved in establishing your covenant. And part of it is establishing us as your covenant people. Glory to God. We thank you for that, Father. We pray, Lord, for abundance and increase in every life and everyone who gives in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when I used to receive the offering, if you remember, I would always, uh, praying over the offering and then praying for givers, <laughs> I came up from a, in, a, in a church background where when we received the offering, the person praying over the offering would always pray, Lord, bless those that give and bless those that can't give in Jesus' name. Well, that sounds good, but that's not how it works. Now, in generally, generally speaking, yes, God blesses everybody, even the people that don't give. Uh, but he only blesses as much as he can. You know, God is limited in how much he can bless a person. And when a person consistently doesn't give, that limits his blessing in their lives. So in a general sense, it's true. But in connection with the offering, that's, that's not even a correct prayer. Lord, bless those that give and those that, that, that don't give. That's not, that's not a scriptural prayer. Because the blessing is on the giving. Amen. But you remember when I used to do the offering, in, in, uh, when I would pray for the givers, pray for the church, I would always rebuke the devil. I'd say, now devil, take your hands off the finances of every giver in this church. If you remember, I would look around when I did that with my eyes open. And I'd say, now go out ministering spirits and cause blessing and increase to come. I'd do that with my... I was commanding that by the Spirit of God. I was prompted by the Holy Spirit. That wasn't just me talking. I was speaking by the Holy Ghost. And a lot of you missed it. You have, to, you have to add your faith with the command of faith. When a minister speaks by the Holy Ghost, by the, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, it will profit nothing if you don't take hold of that and mix faith with it. Amen. Glory to God. I did that again just a few minutes ago. Commanded the devil to take his hands off all of the finances of every giver in this church and for ministering spirits, angels of God to go out. Well, agree with that. Agree with that. Believe that that's happening in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.